When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft podcast presented by our new YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You get a chance to get a subscription to it. It's free. You just subscribe. It's not even like getting a subscription. You just It's just free. You just subscribe. You can watch me and my guy Emery Hunt from Football Game Plan at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. And I will give somebody that subscribes to our YouTube page a cameo shout out every single week. I always mention the YouTube on this show because we've got the czar of the Telestrator. We've got the czar of football. We've got the YouTube czar. I don't even remember what you're, you're really the czar of, Emery. You're just the czar of everything. Emery Hunt, football game plan on YouTube. And most importantly, footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. The Look, it's the perfect draft guide for me because it's the most efficient in terms of the information that you need for each prospect. But it is the biggest in terms of the volume, the number of prospects that you look at. So if you want to know what you need to know about every guy, it's all about footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. I should mention, hopefully most of you know, I am Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts, did the Ross Tucker football podcast today, talking about... The upcoming broadcast on Saturday, I'll have Army in Louisiana Monroe. Then I'll be in the booth Monday night for the Giants and the Steelers, Westwood One Radio. So I am double dipping this week, Emery, and really looking forward to it. Yeah, you may see me for that Monday night game, too, as well. I'm slated to go in and cover uh, that game at MetLife Stadium Monday night. But great job last week on the Army broadcast. I know you love getting these option football teams because – that's the fastest broadcast you're ever going to get. <laughs> well, that is definitely part of it. But also, the kids are just awesome. I mean, they had all the core cadets there for the game, you know, 4,300 strong. They're jumping up and down, getting crazy. I mean, you know, you're just, it's, it's an environment that you're not really going to see elsewhere in football for a while. So, I consider it an honor and a privilege, A, to just be able to call any game, B, in particular, to call the games of the young men at Army that make the decision that they do to sign up for the mandatory five-year minimum commitment when they're done. But C, to be in that atmosphere, to to be able to call a game. And it was – I was surprised, Emory. Let's just start with that. Before we get into some of the top players in the Sun Belt, uh, one of the conferences that is playing this fall. And we'll dive into three guys for Louisiana Monroe who will be in the game that I'm calling on Saturday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time, CBS Sports Network again. 
Army put it to Middle Tennessee. I mean, that was that was uh, that was surprising. I really thought it'd be a competitive game, forty-two to nothing, Emory. Yeah, I was on CBS Sports Line doing uh, predictions or picks against the spread, and we talked Army Middle Tennessee. Now, normally, when you have a team that you're playing, let's say Middle Tennessee had the schedule already in advance, and they knew in the spring that they were playing Army week one. That's great because you have all spring, all summer and fall camp to work on the triple option. Well, that game just got put on their schedule within about two and a half weeks. So that's not enough time to practice the triple option and really understand what's going on. So I wasn't surprised that they went out there and got blasted like they did because that is crucial. Um, And on the flip side, last night's game with BYU and Navy, I went with BYU because I thought, you know what, BYU is a little bit more experienced up front. Worst case scenario, they'll use they'll use their offense as their best defense and just lean on that defensive line, that lighter defensive front of Navy, and that's what they did. Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised a little bit by the BYU versus Navy. And honestly, I'm not that surprised that Army was able to run on Middle Tennessee, but for Middle Tennessee to get shut out, 42 nothing. that's the part that really surprised me. Yeah, Army's defense, it, when they've been uh, really good, let's say in the last five years, you know, they, they flirted with an undefeated season, maybe 10 wins, 11 wins here or there. It's been because of their defense. When their defense is strong, along with that option attack, they're, they're a very dangerous football team. And I think this year's schedule sets up perfect for them to do that just again. It's a good point about the schedule. And they were very, very opportunistic, which is something that they had been in 17 and 18 when they won back-to-back 10-game season, 10-win seasons. They were not that way last year. But listen, they have a new D coordinator too. You know, so he only got four weeks with those guys before the first game. So to shut him out like that, really impressive job by Nate Woody and his charges. All right, let's get into it. Those are some of the big games from college football week one this week. We actually have some ACC games, which is great. We'll start to dive into some of the matchups, you know, over the next couple weeks here once all the big boys are playing, so to speak. Emory played in the Sun Belt. Emory played for the Raging Cajuns. And number two, because I'm calling the Louisiana Monroe game. so And I know they got three legit prospects, so I wanted to know what Emory thought of them. So let's start with your alma mater. Emory, uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, and their quarterback, Levi Lewis. Listen, and I'm not biased because I have so many Raging Cajuns on this list. They're just that talented, and they've recruited and developed guys really well. So shout out to Coach Napier and his staff for doing a great job and getting these guys not only ready to play, but also having them have prospects for the future and uh, the pro level. You saw two Raging Cajuns. Uh, get drafted this past year, and a couple of more on rosters as undrafted free agents. So they're doing a lot down there in Lafayette, Louisiana. But Levi Lewis, I say this all the time, if you love Kyler Murray, you, you'll you love Levi Lewis. It's a great time to be a short quarterback because that stigma has been broken down. Last year, when he made the growth uh, throughout the course of the season, but toward the back end, where he, his timing, his touch anticipation, um, his efficiency was at a high level. The Cajuns did a great job just running through teams. And you see a guy that that looks like the true point guard at the position. Uh, he's a point-and-shoot thrower, passer. Um, the ball comes out quick, decisive. It comes out with good velocity. 
and I'm interested to see how he has filled out his frame a little bit. He was 185 last year. If he can get to about 190, 195, then he'll be really where he needs to be from a stature standpoint. You can't do anything about your height, but with his weight, he could thicken up a little bit and not lose that quickness, that agility he throws from a good base. I think he's a terrific passer. Let's get to their running backs, Emery, and we'll start with Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, it's interesting because there were three guys there last year, Mitchell, Regis, and um, uh, Ray McCauley, who's now with the Los Angeles Rams. And Mitchell was the one that everyone talked about because he has that good pick-and-slide ability. He's sort of like Elijah McGuire, who was there uh, a few years ago that's now with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, got drafted by the Jets. And I think Mitchell is one that can do a good job on both ends of offense. He's a solid runner, very good receiver, one that doesn't need volume to be successful. I think that's going to be his stick, his stick in the NFL, being able to be a, a complimentary guy, one that can help out in a return game as well. It's unbelievable, Emery, how many running backs they've been producing in recent years. I mean, every year it seems like they got a guy that's a late-round pick that teams like. I feel like I've heard a, a decent amount about uh, Trey Raggis, the other the other running back. Yeah, he played as a freshman. I remember the game against A&M. Uh, he had a pretty good day in that game as a freshman. And, you know, he was calling him the baby bus down there. And it's funny because he was the one that kind of started this whole trend. But then you saw Mitchell get success, uh, have success. Then you saw Kylie start to have success. And um, that right there, when you look at Regis, you look at a guy that is more of your traditional one-cut downhill runner. He's a burly guy. He's thick. He's about five. 11, 5, 10 and a half, maybe 225. Uh, and when you have that going for you, you can be the pace setter of the run game, which allows those guys like Mitchell and Kyle to do their thing. So I think he's the perfect complement. It's, it's good to see both guys have success in that run game, how they do, because I think that'll be their role once they go to the pro level. Regis is more of a, a two-down bruiser, while Mitchell is the one that can play on any down, but also give you a little bit more as a receiver and also as a runner. You know, it, it is interesting that the Tampa Bay Bucks, just while we're on the topic of Louisiana running backs, raging Cajun running backs, they tried to put Raymond Calais on practice squad. And was it, did you say it was the Chargers or the Rams that, that Rams grabbed him? The Rams picked him up, put him on a 53. He's going to start a kick returner this weekend. Wow. So they weren't messing around. It's interesting that the Bucks have elected to go with all these veteran backs, LaShawn McCoy and uh, Fournette and all those guys, and they kind of lost out on on Calais as a result. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. You know, if it could have been up to him to say, you know what, I'll stick around on this practice squad because I know the system. I've been in camp all summer. But you can't turn down that opportunity to, one, play, but also get that game one check that uh, you can get as a part of the active roster. But I think he's going to a great situation in Los Angeles. They're, they are big on speed. And they have a lot of it in Cali. All right, let's get to another running back in the state of Louisiana, but he doesn't play for the Raging Cajuns. He plays for University of Louisiana Monroe and really impressive. I, I just started my prep. I was talking about this on the Ross Tucker football podcast. But I've been prepping for Louisiana Monroe Army, uh, really started it in earnest this morning. And the numbers for Josh Johnson – Really impressive when you look at over 108 yards a game last year. He had over eight runs of 30 yards or more. What do you see when you watch Johnson run? I see Kareem Hunt all over again. 
And when I look at him and I see a guy that has that stature, he has that wiggle, I think he's one of the more underrated running backs at the group of five level. And you saw his game against Florida State and what he was able to do there. Uh, he's always finding those little uh, cracks and nooks in, in the line of scrimmage and bursting through and has the speed to pick up yards and chunks. I also believe he's a very good downfield threat as a receiver. That's why I gave him that Kareem Hunt comparison. So I think they got a real gem in Johnson, uh, one that's not getting talked about enough. I know a lot of people know about him and, and they spoke of him last year, but Johnson is the real deal. And I think he's the one that can really help neutralize a lot of what teams want to do to uh, them defensively in a passing game. So, all right, interesting. So I, I, I started to study them this morning reading about it. I'm going to watch the video tomorrow. So just expand a little bit more when you say he's Kareem Hunt all over again as a runner, that part of it. When you look at what Kareem Hunt did at Toledo, you saw a guy that, that had a good center of gravity. He was breaking through arm tackles and had the, the the footwork balance that you want to see. You know, he can move left to right, shift that weight left to right and not get knocked over or trip over his own feet. He'll If he gets hit, they'll push him to the side. He can keep on trucking. And when you look at how he runs, I think he has terrific vision. He's able to see front side to back side. So everything is open for him as a runner. He's a true threat out there on the field. Up next, we'll keep it moving, and we'll get to Jonathan Adams, who's a wide receiver from Arkansas State. Man, I'm getting old. You know how I, the reason why I say that is because when we were at University of Louisiana, his dad was the starting tailback at Arkansas State, Jonathan Adams, you know, senior. Um, he was the first parade All-American to sign with Arkansas State and play there, I think, from 98 to 2001. So it's funny to see his son now go to Arkansas State. His son is a little bit taller and bigger as a receiver. We saw him have a great game uh, last weekend against South Alabama. And I think when you look at what he does well, he attacks the football at his highest point. He goes out and reaches out for the football and not one of those guys that waits for the ball to come into his chest. So you like how he attacks the ball with his hands. He's a solid route runner and one that does a good job of using his body as an advantage. All right, so before we get to a couple of more Louisiana Monroe guys, because these are the ones I'm really paying. I mean, I pay attention for all of them, but I'm really paying attention to the Louisiana Monroe guys since I got that game. They got a stud tight end in Josh Peterson, an unbelievably gifted corner in Corey Slaughter. I mean, Peterson led the Sun Belt at tight ends and catches yards and touchdowns last year. And then Corey Slaughter, I mean, five picks, 14 passes defense, and the lowest passer rating and completion percentage against him of any corner in the country. So, but before we get to the point where you're breaking down these games, I want everyone to make sure you listen when I tell you that DraftKings is giving you free money right now. They're giving you Kansas City plus 101 on Thursday night against Houston. Okay? They're giving you the Chiefs, who are favored, plus 101 points. You literally can't lose. It is a no-brainer. It's free money. Get the DraftKings Sportsbook app on your phone. Put the promo code ROSS in when you deposit, and you can deposit pretty much everywhere. And then go ahead and place, I would I would tell you to place the max bet that they allow on Kansas City and win. Win. Win your first bet ever for some of you. Win your 5,000th bet ever for some of you. I don't care. 
They also, by the way, have a free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSS to take advantage of this no-brainer of an offer. Again, promo code ROSS to get in all the action for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's start with the tight end. Emory, yeah. And that's Josh Peterson. Peterson is a good route runner, man. And it, you see how UL Monroe loves to flex him out and use him as a pseudo big inside receiver. And because he's able to win one-on-one and, you know, he's not the fastest, but he's fluid. And so he's still able to find himself open. He doesn't shy away from contact. And once he catches the football, he shows a, an ability to, to really weave his way through traffic like a New York cab and get to the end zone. So I like him as a prospect. I think he's going to be your ideal, like, number two tight end, H-back type that can thrive at the pro level. Can weave his way through traffic like a New York cab? I've never heard that one before, Emery. I like that. <laughs> but you get the visual, though, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's interesting. So they split him out. It's interesting for Louisiana Monroe, by the way, they no longer have Caleb Lucas, who started 37 games over the last four years, 34 straight. So they're going to evidently play a couple of different quarterbacks, according to their coach. So looking forward to seeing if they can get the ball to Peterson. My guess is they'll lean on Johnson quite a bit early in the game. Now, the one area they've really, really struggled has been run defense. And so I would expect Army to just try to pound them as much as they can. However, pass defense, we talked about earlier, Corey Slaughter, his numbers are ridiculous, Emery. Is he that good? Yeah, he is, man. You talk about a guy that's a good matchup defender, has great instincts and quickness. So he's able to drive and break on the football. And I think in that game against Army, uh, what makes that special and unique and beneficial is the fact that you can trust them one on one against whoever's out there at receiver for Army, which should allow you to, uh, you know, uh, put an extra guy or two in the box to try to be better versus the run. So you don't have to worry about getting beat over top because you have a tremendous corner there. And he's five ten by one eighty five, quickness, instincts, ball skills, checks and checks all those boxes that you want to see at that position. Do you think he ends up staying on the outside or do you think he ends up being a nickel corner at the next level? I think he ends up being a nickel corner um, unless he is able to, you know, test well athletically during the combine or pro day circuit. Um, that's what's going to determine whether or not he can be on the outside or inside. But I do think inside, even as an overhang defender, I think he can do well. I, I think he's well in both man and our zone coverage. So I do see a future for him inside at the pro level. Up next, we'll keep it moving, and we will get to Jalen Tolbert. Now, how about that game last Thursday night, Emory? South Alabama put it to Southern Miss so badly, by the way, that the Southern Miss coach just resigned, Jay Hobson, after one game. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. 
Yeah, listen, and you think about that whole situation and scenario, that's what's scaring a lot of coaches. Like, man, especially if you're in a contract year, do you play and risk losing your job or do you say we're punting on the season and live to play another year and uh, go into next season or go into the spring with your job in hand? And, you know, if you're Jay Hopkins, you're like, man, you know, had we not played that game, I would still be the head coach at Southern Miss. But Tobert's is probably Tobert is probably the reason why he's out the door. I mean, he absolutely lit up Southern Miss. I have never seen a Southern Miss defense look that bad. I remember when Southern Miss were they were like the Baltimore Ravens of college football. You know, when they had Adelius Thomas and T.J. Slaughter, uh, Nick's out there on the corner, certain like there was. I remember we played. UL Monroe, I mean, I'm sorry, Southern Miss my freshman year. And here I am as a freshman. I I come into the locker room and I, I just finished watching film. And I, you know, our one of our reserve quarterbacks was laying on, you know, was laying on the floor, just reading the magazine, reading the word up magazine, laying on the side, just like flipping the pages. I was like, you know what, man, I think we really have a chance to get Southern Miss. And he was just like, he didn't even look up at me. He was like, see, you knew, you don't know anything. I was like, what you mean? He's like, man, we about to go out there and get killed. Like, not just like beat on the scoreboard. Like literally killed. He said the newspaper Sunday is going to say team dead, managers dead, coaches dead. I was like, come on, man, it's not going to be that bad. We get out there on game day. First three plays of the games were sacks. It was like we lost forty eight nothing to some crazy number like that. So Southern Miss to me, seeing that defense that we saw out there last weekend, wasn't the Southern Miss defense that I grew up to to know and and seeing out there when I was in college. So. That's a big reason why Tolbert, him having success, I think the, to jump back into what, what we're talking about, but Tolbert's athleticism, speed, height, weight, speed, makes him a premier prospect. He's just a junior, but one to keep an eye on. Coastal Carolina has a guy on your list, D-end Teron Jackson. Yeah, he, he had 10 and a half sacks last year, third year in a row with double-digit TFL numbers, so he finds a way to the football I think for him, he's listed at 6'2", 260 now. We all know that college uh, two-inch sheet and 10-pound uh, bump they give you. So we don't know if that's an actual 6'2". But watching him play, I think he's about 6'2". But at 260, you, you don't think he's going to be able to be a down player at the pro level. But they do run a 3-4 defense. He plays essentially their five-tech in that 3-4 at Coastal Carolina. So his experience, I think, with his hand in the in the ground – um, as a you know defensive lineman should help him be you know an edge rusher at the pro level as a stand-up guy on the strong side, able to, to anchor down, really push the pocket versus the run. I think he's more of a run defender than true skilled pass rusher. That's where he has to grow and develop a little bit more nuance in his game. Finally, I want to get your thoughts on Ken Marks. Finally, an offensive lineman, Emory. All these skill guys, all these running backs, receivers, corners. How about Ken Marks and O-Lyman from your alma mater? Well, that's the thing, too. You talk about the running backs. Now you look at the offensive line. Robert Hunt going uh, to the Miami Dolphins and Kevin Dotson going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Marks would have been of that same ilk, but he's coming off of an injury. And Prudhomme is another guy that's coming off of an injury that should find himself on a pro roster. Both guys should play a lot this year, Marks being a starter. But Marks is a really good guard, man. He's explosive off the ball. I think he's like Dotson in that category, and I'm excited to see him get out there and compete. I, I do think you know, his medicals will be the question, but Marks, as a pure player, hand placement, explosiveness, functional movement, all of that stuff is A+. 
few games I wanted to ask you about on Saturday. Duke, Notre Dame, Clemson, Wake Forest. Any of those really jump out to you? Which one are you most looking forward to? Duke, Notre Dame, because you get to see uh, Bryce, the quarterback, the former Clemson transfer. He's starting out there at Duke. But I like their running back, Deion Jackson. I think he plays a lot like a former Notre Dame back in Theo Riddick. Uh, so he's a good receiver, downfield threat. So I would expect to see him matched up on some of those backers at Notre Dame. Uh, that's the one that intrigues me the most. And UNC, obviously, because I think UNC is going to be a fun team to watch. Love their offense. Sam Howell plays a lot like Baker Mayfield to me. I like his game. So I'm excited to see those two matchups. You got to check out Emery on a bunch of different places. As you can tell, he's a star. Football game plan on YouTube at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, and most importantly, footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. We've never had a guy that knows this many players at in the Sun Belt and these all these other conferences. Look, we could go FCS. He could, he could name the top 10 D2 and D3 prospects right now. I'm telling you, the guy is the, a freak, and he's got the draft guide to prove it footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Emery, great stuff as always. Appreciate you, Ross. Always a pleasure. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL all across the board. At Ross Tucker Pod is where you'll find this podcast on social media as soon as it's posted, as well as Instagram. You can always find them all over at rostucker.com as well. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.